Wildly Confusing Brains. Talks and stories on multilingualism. Touching. Exciting. Quirky. And chiming. Welcome to our world. Hi, everyone. This is Cassandra and Vilain from Widely Confusing Brains Podcast. Thank you so much for being here and listening to us. Today, we have a very special guest. Claudia Sam is here with us, and Cassandra will present her a little bit better than I will. Cassandra? Yeah, Claudia Sam is very special to me. We got to know each other 10 years ago when I was in college, CJEP, through an internship through Astro Media. And after that, we lost touch and I worked again with her through her tuning program. And she helped me realize some different things about me that I wasn't aware of. So she has a very special place in my heart. And now we have the opportunity to be with her. So close us Sam, tell us a bit about yourself. Thank you so much to both of you for having me on. We recorded the French podcast earlier and it was so much fun. So I'm so excited to do a round two. Well, it was nice to hear you introduce me in this way. And yeah, so the TuneIn program is my signature program, my signature one-on-one -on -one program as your soul connection coach. And professionally, which is also part of my personality, I will help people access their inner confidence so that they can really be in their light, access their passions, live life from a place of authentic self from authenticity and integrity so that whatever society or other people expects of them, or, you know, when we have these ingrained rules of how things should be done, well, we put that aside when we learn to use the tune in method for our own self-growth. It's all about tuning within and growing from that place so that we can be the best version of ourselves out into the world. Wow, it's amazing. And I was wondering something since you mentioned that special word soul. First, I was wondering if it's special title you gave yourself. Or did you find that title soul coaching from, from someone, or a specific program, a specific person, maybe? Thank you so much for that question. You know, I... I think the first thing I called myself, my first, the first business name I had was Claudia Sam Yoga because I started coaching while being a yoga teacher. And I lived in, in Nepal and I, that's where I did my second yoga teacher training. And so my whole business and mindset around what I'm, what I'm here to offer the world was around yoga. And I later realized that I was actually coaching in my yoga classes and people in my entourage were asking me to coach them. And that really was a download. I got that I'm a, I'm a soul coach. And then I realized that there, that it was a term that was used at large. And now what I'm channeled or what I intuitively call myself as a soul connection coach, because I feel like it's not just about talking with or seeing the soul part of who we are, but it's about connecting to that part of us. So I really wanted the word connection to be in there. And between you and me, it's, you know, only words, but it resonates well with, with the wholeness of what I offer. It's so interesting because when I got to know you, you were a stressed person. I'm a remember every single event and I loved you for the energy you had, but at the same time, I was aware that there was a lot of stress in your life. So how did you get to this path or being more quiet and less hectic in a way? 
Yeah. yeah like so so yogi. Yeah. <laughs> oh yogi. Oh, thank you for that question. You know, I feel like when we okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give a big perspective here. Let's take us back to when we were in the womb, when we were in our mother's womb. Yes. Big perspective. Yeah. We are super innocent. We, the, the, the only purity and the truth and the reality in that moment is that we are an energy being in the womb, taking on the DNA and the stories and the worries of our mothers and all of her well, DNA and stories and the, and the past and the ancestors and and all the energy that comes with it. Once we get, once we're born, there are so many conditions and circumstances and beliefs and shoulds and have to, and need to, and quote unquote, this is the best way to be a human quote unquote. This is the right way to do life. All of these conditions, they come into play as we grow and our parents do the best that they know. They know they do what they know. They teach us what they know and what they feel is best for them. And so we distance ourselves from the soul essence of our being. And what I've learned in the growing up phase that I think we're still growing, we are always growing in the first 25 years of my life, almost I feel like what I've learned the most was to show up in the world in an energy of doing an energy of accomplishment and an energy of status and identity based on what you provide for yourself, based on what you gain for yourself, based on what you have to show for yourself. So that equaled stress because it was always like this striving energy. When at some point the energy body, because it's real, because it's there, because it's the foundation of who we are at some point, it's like raising a flag. And the flag that I got was that I burned out and that I had to reconnect with my breath, with my body, with what it meant to be an energy being. And that's when I started to practice yoga and befriend my breath, befriend my body, befriend the signs that I had not heard and listened to from my body up until that moment. And it was from then that I noticed the differentiation between the doing and the being. And so since 2013, wow, it's almost 10 years that I'm on this journey of playing with both of these energies and choosing consciously to not give way to the doing energy of accomplishment. Not that we don't need it because without that energy, I wouldn't be here speaking to you on your podcast. So I'm honoring that it's there and that it gets to be part of my human experience. And the stress led me to burnout. So now I thrive in finding balance and helping others find that balance within themselves. I love the idea of finding balance because I think that's the key word we have to remember. It's so hard sometimes to navigate this world knowing that we have to do this, we have to do that. So I think the key word to remember is balance. But at the same time, it's hard to get there. And I'm grateful that you helped me through all of this path. I'm not perfect. It's still a work in progress. Yo, I'm not perfect either. (laughs) This isn't about getting perfection. It's about 
distancing ourselves from perfection. Someone said the other day, something like you are perfect in your messy enoughness, perfect in your messy enoughness. And I, it's pretty good. And you know, that reminds me of a, a little story actually I've never said on that podcast. So that may be a, a first, some people know about it. When I was uh, back in, uh, in in Ottawa, so I decided to do a uh, retreat. It wasn't, so I did a, a yoga retreat, but it wasn't this one. It was a retreat initially to study. So I did study <laughs> for my thesis, but then I also decided that I would use some of the days over there to actually re- disconnect, I guess, by reconnecting to myself. So I went to that abbey, uh, Saint-Benoît-du-Lac, exactly. I don't know if you've heard of it in Quebec, which is also a cheese factory, guys. <laughs> it's like 20 minutes from my place and I've never well, been. So well, I should come back. <laughs> <laughs> so beautiful place. I was staying with the sisters over there and some people, and it's a retreat where you should, you shall not speak which is weird for me. That is definitely a lot. Like I'm really talkative <laughs> every day, all the time, even just myself. It's not just with everyone. It's just myself talking to myself and myself, I guess. And I did that moment, like those a few days after studying of, um, so I, already, I was already used to the silence, which at first was really odd. I had to eat in silence. The first meal I had, beautiful place. It was beautiful because we were watching, you know, the first snow and it was you know I had nothing to say about it but I think like I guess I ate in like two minutes two minutes top I was like I don't know what I'm supposed to do I don't have Netflix I don't have anyone to talk to like what am I supposed to do and then every day it took me closer to oh it took me five minutes today oh and now it's seven minutes and I actually when I came back to Ottawa that busy city life I was in my in my little studio watching uh, Loblaws in front of me, and I actually decided that it was time for me to maybe try to eat in silence since I'm on my own, not watch TV or, or Netflix or listen, even listen to a podcast or music. And I kind of reconnected at that moment with silence and with myself in a very peaceful way so I started understanding people that actually decide to go live in in monasteries uh, a base and I understand that now but that reconnection got lost in the way too because I feel like you were talking about how we are in a, a society of doing and not being well, I do feel like in that moment, I was in, in the being part. But as of right now in my life, I feel like I'm back to the doing part of my life. And I, I do feel like I'm not aligned with, you know, with myself and who I am and, and, and like being exhausted all the time. And I know what it's like to burn out. So I definitely don't want to go back to that. But I was wondering within your uh, tuning program and maybe the, the rest of what you're doing, uh, if you could explain in, in a nutshell, uh, as much as you can, <laughs> what are the steps to reconnect to that self you're talking about? Thank you for your question. I almost felt like saying, are you coachable right now? Let's uh, get I am always coachable, I think. <laughs> <laughs> So let's see if that happens, uh, because I totally get what you mean in how, and what I'm hearing from you is that life just keeps coming back. 
even with all our efforts to be present and to work on ourselves in aligning with the present in the being energy, life just comes back and the doing takes over. And so listen, it's a choice to let that happen. And we also get to be gracious with ourselves and give ourselves grace that we are human living this human experience and doing as part of it. Now, using the tune in method, what I invite my clients to practice, the word is very important here, practice is finding self-care as a lifestyle instead of an hour at the massage parlor, well, parlor at the, with a massage therapist or getting the nails done or getting the hair done because that time of self-care ends up being for an external shield of the beingness that we are. It's not wrong. It's just not from an energy of being. And so when self-care becomes a lifestyle and here's how it makes it easier to find that balance between the, in the doing world. So the first step in the tune in method is to recognize what the body is saying. Pretty much every time you have a headache, are bloated, are constipated, feel nausea, have leg pain, any physical sensation has its message. And with the tune in method, I help my clients create a foundation where awareness is the starting point. And in so for the nutshell part, what I'm going to say is those three first steps that are part of the first of three steps of the tune-in method. So in the first of three steps of the tune-in method, there's three key components. The first one being awareness of the body. The second one is awareness of the mind. And notice how awareness isn't a doing thing. It's not a, I'm going to tick the awareness box. You can start there and Awareness is a constant thing that gets to happen. Like right now, can we all be aware of our breath? All right. Can we be aware if we're clenching the jaw? If we're, if the tongue is pressed up against the upper palate in the mouth, can we relax the shoulders? Can we be aware of the heartbeat? All of these small, intricate awarenesses, what they do is that they bring us into the present moment. And once that happens, we get to notice what's the thoughts that we're entertaining in the mind. Are we being worried? Are we being judgmental? Are we being negative and pessimistic? Are we blaming, convincing, judging? What's the energy of the thoughts? And once we get to be aware of that, we get to, with empowerment, choose to shift the thoughts. And all of that is in honor of the being energy instead of the doing energy, because they happen in a split instant. The third part of this foundation of the tune and method is to be aware of the emotions. And so what I like to call it as is the awareness wheel with these three parts. Imagine, imagine a ring and there's three stop signs. So at, at noon, at four and at eight or whatever on the ring on the clock, you would have body, mind, emotions. And you can enter this wheel, this circle at any place. You can start entering the awareness wheel, feeling a headache, or you can start entering the awareness wheel, feeling or noticing the, I'm not good enough thoughts, or I'm so stupid thought or whatever thought it is that then takes you to be aware of the body. 
And you can also enter the awareness wheel through being aware of your emotions. And what that means is, how am I feeling? Instead of, you know how you go down the street, you walk down the street, you meet someone you know, you don't stop and take time to chat. You're just saying, hey, how are you? Great, great, good. How are you? And then you move on. Like that is the surface level. That's not emotions. That is just surface level conversation. Small talk as we call it. So being aware of the emotions allows us to respond in the world, operate in the world, show up in the world, act from a calm beingness instead of from a doing caught up in the mind, caught up in the stress of the body way. So entering the awareness wheel is one of the best tips that I work with every day and that my clients use recurringly because it allows them to get into their body, into their experience of the mind, into how they're feeling instead of getting caught up in the external world. So, yeah, I'm a coachable soon. <laughs> I, 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 I do believe I need help <laughs> because I, I, well, I guess I understand. And I've done, I've done a lot of yoga. Like I've done a lot of ticking the boxes I've done, yeah. within my, my, my busy bee schedule. I've done the, yeah, I did my 10 minutes yoga this morning. Yeah. I did my meditation at noon. And then uh, before going to bed, yeah, I drank enough water and it was always, ticking the boxes and it felt like I had to do it not really that I wanted to do it so I, I believe that I will need your help <laughs> um but can I ask gonna... you a question I just yeah. did another yeah. question you said that <laughs> you're coachable soon and so I'm curious what is the story that's entertained in the mind saying that now is still not the good time for you yeah I I guess the busyness is is talking right now And also because I'm, I'm, you know, moving out and, and things. So maybe I kind of want to get into my routine uh, before starting it, which should start in about two, three weeks, new adventures. So maybe that's what I meant. Maybe not. Maybe I meant next year because of how busy the year is going, you know. So for sure, there's a lot to work on <laughs> starting by <laughs> well, the now or soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for answering that question and just being aware. What I heard you say is maybe it's the busyness talking. And that is a beautiful awareness to have, too, because we remember one of the answers I gave to Cassandra's question was that I felt like I was operating from the doing part of me instead of from the being part of me when I was in that time of my life that stress was taking over. So just you being aware of, oh, wait, it's the doing that's answering that, you know, to go a little further, we can stop at the question you don't have to answer would be, do I want to honor the doing or do I want to honor the being? And from oh, that definitely place, the being it's, it's okay. like for having experienced it in, in the past and, and still sometimes gladly, <laughs> definitely being is much better than doing because when we like we're in the being, the doing is easy. It's yes. That, that is so key. That is so key. What you just said. And I also want to double tap on how you said being is better. And yet you, after that, you said doing is much easier from a, when you are being. And so doing is not wrong. And so when we get to recognize even the judgment that we have on, on doing, it makes taking the boxes like even more harsh and takes us back to a stressful energy. 
so what if we saw doing as, as good as being when doing is done from a being energy? That makes sense. Yeah. I'm going to go, try to go back to uh, the, the podcast yes. and try to go back to the linguistics <laughs> part of it. Uh, we, we have a little bit of your background, but not, not enough about your linguistic background. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Thank you. You know, my youth was spent bilingual, French and English, and I went to an immersion school in elementary school. My friends were, were, there was a lot of English speakers that were my friends. And so I remember being surrounded by, by English all the time. So it was easy for me at a young age to learn that language. And it quickly became the language that got me to travel that got me to live in the Netherlands for university that got me to live in New Zealand that got me to live in Nepal to get my yoga teacher training and just English became the main language for my business and for connection with the world and French of course is my maiden or what do you call it your primary language yeah, primary language. I feel like there's a French, you're, there's an English way. I feel like we're... Well, we do trans- say native language, but yeah. since you native. had... Uh, yeah. If I'm not wrong, I know your last name is Catafor Sauvé, which is oui. English and French, if I'm not wrong, or is it French? No, c'est français. Yeah, Catafor Sauvé, pretty French. I thought it was Catafor, anyways, for some reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you thought but, it, was not, it was not Catafor, but more like Catafor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I sounded more English in my head for some mm. reason. But your parents were Francophones then? They were both Francophones. And my mom, for me to go to immersion school, she had to had gone to English school and had a certificate. That's how it works in Quebec for children to be able to go to English school. So thankfully for me and my sister, we were able to benefit from that and go to English school. I, the only school I did in fully French was high school and then CJEP, like college and then university was also in English. So that's my linguistic background. And then, you know, I lived in, I also did live for a month in Malaga in Spain. And that's where I, I did learn Spanish in school because in Quebec, you get to learn a third language and often it's Spanish that you get as an option or maybe Italian too, but I was never really drawing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're talking to teachers and Spanish (laughs) teachers. Sure it is. (laughs) Yeah, of course it is. And so in Spain, I was able to really live in Spanish and learn in a different way, which helped me with my confidence because also I forget the year that this was in, I think 2010 or nine or 11 anyway. And that, that back then I went to Peru by myself, wasn't supposed to be by myself, but it turned out that my friend couldn't meet me there anymore. So I, the day of my travels, I ended up in Peru traveling alone and I had to really practice my Spanish and people would understand me, you know, there weren't apps by at that time for translation. And I think probably I had a little booklet, you know, with the, the different Spanish, English or Spanish, French, probably easier that way translation where, wherever I would go. And so I would say that's my linguistic background to answer it in a lengthy way. (laughs) And if you had a word to define every single language you speak, which would it be? I think if, right, maybe if we use the same words or let's see if my intuition shares another word, 
I yeah, feel like intuition today. Yeah, let's use intuition. Yeah. The word eccentric came up, which I don't even fully know what eccentric fully means. So in my definition of what eccentric would mean in this moment would be open for possibility, um, appreciating the joys of life and being willing to jump out of my comfort zone. So I guess eccentric in that way. And if we take past me, body surfing at Bon Jovi concerts could be part of that <laughs> equation. Oh my God. Okay. In French, I feel like different. Different. Why though? Why? Because I'm the one in the street that is moving to New Zealand and whose sister lives in Florida and who works from home and has her own business when everyone goes to a nine to five job and has been living here their whole life. So in that way, it feels like the word is different. Okay. And in Spanish, extravertida, extrovert. Uh-huh. Is that it? Did Extro- I say it? Ex- extrovertida. Extrovertida. You were close, yeah. though. Muy bien. Oh. It was really close. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So you were talking about your background and how, well, you were already, like, within a bilingual world. And we know that Canada in general, not just Quebec, but you're already kind of in a bilingual world anyway. Have you experienced moments in your life where you went into a context of a monolingual world and maybe you felt weird or different by speaking a few languages when others would just speak one? I think about the ease that as a bilingual Quebecer experience when I lived in Holland and I was with my friend's roommate I was with my Quebecer friend who's also bilingual and we were talking and switching from English to French really easily to the point where he looked at us and he said, what language are you talking? What is it that you're speaking? And it it made us realize that we were really switching from one to the other and we weren't noticing it. And it wasn't, it was so effortless that it makes it, it made us realize that, Oh, we are lucky to be able to have this wide access to two languages. And well, in that case, be half understood by the person. <laughs> However, do you feel judged sometimes to be able to code switch or franglais or the franglish kind of, do you feel judged? Oh yeah. By people? I feel, I feel judged mostly by French. Speakers. Really? <laughs> yeah. I feel judged mostly by French speakers because it feels like that doing energy of perfection of needing to do it right when we speak French if I speak with someone who's like a French teacher or someone who is eloquent I will feel judged doesn't mean they judge me for sure but I feel judged in the sense that it kind of feels like I'm butchering the French language by adding English words but it's part of your identity in a way I agree with that oh, yeah. for, for me it's just 
I'm so used to code switch or kind of doing the Spanglish or the Le Franglais or whatsoever, or even do the, mm-hmm. the three languages that I don't feel judged anymore in a way that it's so easy for me to just feel, okay, this is me. But you're part of identity, kind of the code switching part, it's, it is. And yes, it's true. I get to see it that way too. And I think what I'm recognizing is the judgment feeling comes more around people who don't understand English, because then it seems like it's almost an insult for them. Like I'm better than them. And it's like that energy that's coming off. Yeah. And I love what you said. You, you kind of got the uh, being doing pie we were talking about at the beginning of the podcast and then the, the linguistics part of it saying that it comes from that energy of doing, of, of trying to reach that perfection that does not exist. And that's how we feel judged or maybe they judge us for co-twitching or speaking other languages. And I honestly, and I'll say it from, from my perspective, and I'm not saying it's all French people and everyone thinking this way, but I, I take it back to uh, when I was a teenager and even, let's say, at a younger age, early 20s, I would judge someone that had an accent. Knowing myself, I was obviously judging myself for that accent because I do have my accents in all of the languages I speak. But I was judging. I remember judging even my, my sister when I came back from my first exchange uh, next to Ottawa and Renfrew, where I, I really learned English. And I came back with that kind of weird Ottawa Valley accent that got lost in translation, I guess. And and I was judging, for example, my sister who had like a really, and she, just, she still does, but she's fluent, but she still like has a really strong French accent when she speaks English. But I would judge her for that. But at the same time, she would also be mad in the sense that she knew it wasn't perfect in, in that doing and that reaching perfection. And it was kind of, yeah, we were both, I guess, judging ourselves and not just others, but really judging ourselves. And we know that when we insult someone or when we're mad at someone, usually it's we're mad at something within us and not that person most of the time. So I believe that it's true that we could be judging, but at the same time, we're really judging the fact that we don't speak that language or we don't understand it. And maybe mm. we wish we would. So learning it's so English, powerful French. what you just said. Yeah, it's so powerful what you just said, because that is that is high level awareness right there of <laughs> actually we're we're judging ourselves. I can totally see it. If I use an English word while I'm speaking French, it's because I don't know off the top as easily off the top of my head. What is the French word? Hence why I'm using the English word. So definitely judging the fact without knowing that that's what it is. And your comment was having me reflect on, okay, who are we comparing ourselves to? If we feel judged, then we all have different voices. We all have different intonations. We're all speaking the same language, but yet we all understand each other. Like my boyfriend who speaks Spanish without necessarily the quote unquote right verb tenses. He works in an environment where he he is in constant conversation with Mexicans and he gets by and they understand him. And sometimes he'll screw up a few words, but he still gets around. And it, I feel like that's part of his personality 
And instead of like beating himself up because he's not quote unquote speaking well, what if it was, yeah, part of his beingness and there's no comparison to be made. I love that because for me, my dad has an accent, a really strong accent when he speaks French. Violent heard it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's who he is. And it doesn't matter to him. It, his goal is to be able to get understood. And I love that, even though I judge myself so much when I speak English and I'm aware of it, that's my own judgment. It's not people's judgment. I'm aware that this is something I'm working on to be able to not feel like it's not perfect. And that's the biggest thing. It's, it's never going to be perfect. Even when I speak Spanish, I have a French accent when I speak Spanish. When I speak French, I have an accent. And I think the biggest thing is to be aware that languages are not perfect. They will never be. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes the judgment, and then again, that maybe that is from my perspective, that is from within myself and not uh, the other person's actual judgment. But I, I teach uh, secondary schools, so from age uh, 12 to 18. And when it comes to teenagers, we do know that they judge quite a lot because they're in that moment of life where, oh, who am I? Like, I'm supposed to compare myself to someone or something so I can, like, I want to be like this and like that. So as a teacher in front of a class full of teenagers most of the time I kind of feel judged because I have, when I teach English, well, I do have my accent. I know English, I know a lot of English, but I do mistakes. Sometimes I don't remember a word or I actually don't know that word. So I say, hey guys, like, I'm not sure, let me check. I'll get back to you, but for now you can say that. It's also a way for me to say, we're not dictionaries, so just go for it and try. And if you have to say like three sentences to say just one word, then just say those three sentences and it's fine as long as we understand each other. But I do feel quite judged because I'm supposed to be, a, 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 supposed to uh, quote, and to be a specialist in those languages. So sometimes I feel judged, but I believe that's my own judgment. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be a translator and a teacher. So I'm supposed to know everything about those languages when I don't really actually do because it's isn't that so much pressure yeah (laughs) like to to think that we have to know it all that means that we give ourselves no break whatsoever we expect so much of ourselves which which I feel connects back to the you know how we started this podcast and the beingness and our our divine energy self in everything's okay. And then we let the mind in and we make the mind make us believe we need to be that dictionary or we need to respect all the rules. Otherwise we're not a good human or I don't know, but it, it feels very interesting too. Yeah. We're, we're not, I guess we're not good enough for mm-hmm. society, for friends, for family, for our a partner for what for ourselves but I guess we don't feel good enough when when that happens and then linguistics even though we like I believe so much we should embrace linguistics and, and learning the language and learning it the way we want like you said your your husband is he's doing it he's 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 more than doing it he's just being Spanish and doesn't matter if it's not you know the specific Mexican Spanish or the specific uh, Castellano, as we uh, as we say, uh, it doesn't matter because he's he's just being himself in that language. 
and making sure people understand. And if they don't, then I'm sure he tries with other ways and at some point yeah. he'll succeed. <laughs> yeah. Talking Cassandra. a bit about all of these things, kind of, do you feel more confident in one language than another? Do you feel you are a different person depending on the language you speak? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel, you know, I feel the most confident speaking in English when it comes to my work, just because it feels like I just was playing the same disc over and over again. So the words are just coming more easily to me. That said, if I was to create live events on Insight Timer in French as much as I create them in English, if I was to record meditations and even listen to some recorded meditations in French, if I was working with more French people, I'm sure that my vocabulary would become very handy and I would have the, well, right words. I would feel confident in French too. I feel like I'm this more professional person in a way in English. And although I don't feel necessarily more professional today than I felt when we recorded the French podcast, you know, it, I feel like the French Quebecer French is, feels a little bit more friendly to me. And yet I can totally be friendly in English. So I, because Spanish is totally my third language. I don't converse that much in Spanish, but Spanish is the language that makes me feel exotic and like want to dance and want to have margaritas and listen to Ricky Martin and look at Ricky Martin. <laughs> it's yeah, so look. strange. Kind of, it's so strange. <laughs> you says that French, it's something you don't really use at your work, even though you coached me in French, you totally did. A coach I, yeah, in French. it's true. And I guess it doesn't feel like work. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's I mean, the work that I do doesn't feel like work. I guess I enter work mode when I meet new people, when I create social media content, when I write emails to my community, when I, when I want to share my story, I guess it's quote unquote work, but it, yeah, it doesn't feel so much like work. So when we, you and I were conversing in your coaching calls, yeah, it felt super friendly. It does with my clients now too. So. Exactly. And I think the biggest thing for us, I think it's because we got to know each other way before that. So it was mm -hmm. easier maybe to get to a level of friendliness. I still consider I'm kind of being your friend. <laughs> but it's. But we. But we, faudrait pas faire la connexion. But that's what it is. And I think if you allow yourself to be, it's important because this is who you, you are, Francophone, at the end of the day. The biggest word is allow yourself to be okay with it. I love that. This reminds me that whenever I don't feel like myself, it means that I'm not connected. It means I'm not trusting myself. It means I'm not necessarily in the present moment. It means it's in disservice to the person in front of me. Hence why I practice my tune in method. And that, that doesn't happen anymore where I'm in front of someone and I don't feel like myself. So the friendliness does transpire in all my connections. If it doesn't, maybe I energetically feel a disconnect and that can also happen. You know, we don't, it, it's almost like, I don't know if this is a, an analogy that everyone will, will relate to, but let's try. I'm dog sitting now, my sister's two dogs. And when we go for a walk and they see some dogs, they'll not even look at, they're just going to keep walking next to me. They're not going to, you know, give them any attention. 
other dogs. Oh my gosh. Sometimes they go crazy and they want to, they just want to hug them and lick them and be crazy with them. And there are other dogs that they will want to be protective of me and they'll want to enter a mode of, well, um, guard dog. And so I feel like as humans, we also bounce off of other people's energies. And so I believe that it's our role as individuals to protect our own energy and not let someone else's fear, someone else's wounds and someone else's shaky, ungrounded energy affect us. Hence why the tune in method is so great. And you said that, so English is mostly a uh, professional, even though you still feel friendly with English and maybe because your work doesn't feel like work most of the time, which is, uh, I guess what everyone should uh, try to reach at some point. I, I, I believe I'm not at that point, but I do enjoy most of my, my jobs, but what about French? Like it's because you said French is, is more a friendly thing. Like for example, with your husband, do you speak mostly English or French or maybe a little bit Spanish whenever he wants to try that uh, margarita <laughs> Actually, <night. yeah. laughs> Sometimes he, he just takes out these Spanish words. He wants to speak that Spanish sentence. And it tells me that he spent some parts of the day in Spanish and it makes my heart smile. We speak mostly in French together. It reminded me of when you were taking Spanish classes with me, how much your conversations were so interesting because you were trying to be perfect and he was just doing it. Yep, totally. <laughs> But I enjoyed it. It was so powerful to see your love that it's yeah. transpired. And basically, this is how it started my business by coaching you Spanish you still have that light when you speak about Spanish. So it's interesting to see uh, that. Yeah, it was fun. One time I actually reached out to Cassandra and I said, mm, I think it would be a really great gift to offer my boyfriend if you could teach us Spanish. And there it started for you. It's so fun. I guess we can start getting to the end of the podcast. And for the end, we would like to know if you'd like, uh, you'd have a, a piece of advice for our listeners Any piece of advice you may have, maybe linked uh, directly or indirectly linked to linguistics or not, whatever you feel like. Something that's coming up for me, thanks for that question, is whatever gets to be your portal to the world, use it. Whether it is a language, whether it is a self-expression through a dance or music I feel like language is often that portal for many people to learn a new language, to be able to access and travel and meet new communities. And I just, I guess what I want to say is it doesn't have to be the only way. Um, you don't have to wait until you're perfectly speaking the language to feel like you're opening yourself up to the world. Thank you. So basically be yourself and align yourself. Yeah, to, pretty to much, <laughs> pretty much, you know, and to go alongside that, if I can add is when we get to know why we're here, what our sole purpose is, and we can create consistent or regular um, intentions to reconnect and recenter and tune back in towards that intention and that sole purpose 
that's how we get to be ourselves on the daily basis. That's how we make decisions that make us feel uplifted instead of drained. That's when we say yes to ourselves and no to things just to please someone else. Um, that's when we make empowered choices to put what's a priority ahead of any circumstance, circumstantial situation that might happen in our lives. Like there's not enough time, or this is happening in my life, or this is what my bank account looks like. All of these are circumstances and we don't need to let them drive the show. I love that. Yeah. Very powerful. It is. So now that we know a bit more about yourself and your project, so how can we reach you? You are amazing at your work. So please let us know. Oh, thank you. Well, you can go to my website, which is claudiasamsoulcoaching.com. And if you want to download my free three-step audio guide to help you put yourself at the top of the to-do list without feeling guilty or unproductive, then go to that same website forward slash I'm important. And you can meditate with me on the free meditation app called insight timer. Just look me up, Claudia Sam Catterford survey and on Facebook, friend me on Facebook. I like to have new friends and then we can communicate. I can invite you to my, you have it in you Facebook group. And we get to start exploring and getting curious together from there. I think you forgot one little thing because we love your voice. And I think oh, if my you listen podcast. to your voice. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Violin. I was thinking, well, I feel like there's something else. So thank you. Yes, I am hosting the Be Happy Now show produced by Transformation Talk Radio at this time. And it's a beautiful opportunity to reconnect deeply to your whole self and to access inner confidence, to flex your soul connection muscle, be your own inner guide to fulfillment and purpose. I feel like the podcast is a course in its own where you get to go deep episode after episode. Um, and so it's truly a gift. Thanks for reminding us. Well, I guess that's the end of the podcast. So I'd like to thank you, Claudia Sam, for your time, your energy, your insights on, on I guess, on life. <laughs> That would be the, the word for sure. I'll reach out for, for more information on, the, on life, on the heart and soul and, and body and being and doing. And also we'll do it in, in code switching, of course, <laughs> with a little bit of Spanish too. And yeah, thank you so much. Also want to say you. thank you, Claude Sam, because you, had, you have a powerful place in my heart and in my life. You made so many changes in different places and now you are part of this podcast and I want to say thank you to get confused together I know life is messy so having your insight having your powerful words helped me realize that I need to realign and thank you for all of the time you took mm. to be here thank you I'm receiving your words straight to my heart. Thanks, Cassandra. Thank you, Violin. Thank you both for putting this work out into the world. Both of your powerful energies, everyone who listens gets to benefit from it. So thank you. Thanks for inviting me. And I look forward to connecting again soon. Thank you so much. And we will see, maybe not see, but you guys will listen to the next podcast in the months. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can replay it, share it, like it, uh, write comments, whatever you want and enjoy your day at night. Bye.